ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. I'm Jesse Cruikshank, and I've always been told I have a face for podcasting. So I launched a podcast. It's called Phone a Friend because each week I'll break down the biggest stories in pop culture. But when I have questions, I get to phone a friend. I'll phone a royal watcher to find out why Prince Harry is acting like a real housewife. I'll phone a tween to please explain euphoria. And maybe I'll even phone a Backstreet Boy to find out if I still have a chance. I don't? Okay. New episodes drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Hi, it's Dave here. This is my wife, Kathy. Hello. Uh, this is the Cinemile, the podcast where we walk home from the movies. And I got a question for you, Kathy. Oh, okay. Do you have the need? The need for speed? Do you have it? I have it, yeah. <laughs> Do you have the need to watch a sequel 40 years in the making I'm also on a highway to the danger zone as we speak yes and it's taking my breath away that's, ha- that's actually our walk home <laughs> comes past the danger zone I'm so pumped with this movie I can't tell you I was pumped anyway but like sceptical and now all these amazing reviews have come out so pumped and sceptical I'm pumped two adjectives that don't normally go together I'm pumped and expectant now of a good movie so there's a lot to live up to I was nothing but disinterested in this movie for years. Um, it was supposed to come out like in before the pandemic, I believe. It was due to come out in the 2020, then it got delayed, then it got delayed. It's been delayed for a long time. But that's not the movie's fault, though. No, and the no. reason they delayed it was actually, I think, very positive because they knew they'd hit on their hands. And I... Tom Cruise is like one of those movie stars who's like, you know, full in on the cinema. He's a big screen star. He ain't putting nothing to small screen. Oh, the man and can he's draw. like on tour right now just revving the whole world up about this movie and like I think he's and let's he's kind of the last of that like superpower movie star generation I would say who'd be really pushing for a cinematic release on something like this and uh, it's working it, it's this movie is set to be one of the biggest Tom Cruise opening weekends of all time this is Sunday as we record this it, it is estimated to pull in more than a billion <laughs> Worldwide, and, and, but it's actually um, bucked a lot of. Um, I think the forecasts. Nobody predicted it would be this big, myself included. I kind of, I thought, I didn't think there'd be much of an appetite. No, I knew there'd be an appetite. We've been to two outdoor cinemas that have played this movie in the last decade. I'm I think not... this movie is such a classic, and it just does the constant rounds. There's like forty years worth of an audience. Ready for it. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like this, you know, you know, they talk about four quadrant movies and having appeal to all genres. I kind of only see this having appeal in two, maybe three of the quadrants. But I guess our, 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 our parents bringing their sort of 10 year old kids to this maybe. Probably. I don't know. I mean, um, I don't think I've even seen a trailer for it, so I don't know what the vibe is. But the original would have definitely been a fa- family movie in its day. Like, that was I, the kind of family movie people watch. 100% agree yeah. with you. And I also think I agree with you that um, this movie, top, the the movie Top Gun, has had like an undeniable pop culture legacy, yeah. right? You know, and a, like banging soundtrack, um, right? Like if like visual homo- homoerotic images that we'll all remember. You know, oily volleyball scenes and Meg Ryan, Meg and Ryan Brickroll. playing the piano. There's some really memorable. Tom Cruise like in his heyday peak. And also, it's so funny because when we went back and we've seen it a couple of times 
uh, one time we actually reviewed it for this podcast in the early days which of it. I actually googled to make it easy if you want to go back and listen to our Top Gun episode it's episode 76 wow. scroll back Good scroll research. back there and your sisters came with us that uh, was Elizabeth an, and Jackie an outdoor cinema experience yeah. um, that was great fun but like we all acknowledge that it wasn't actually the best of movies it's a movie that's better in your mind than when you actually go back and watch it see this has been my opinion for years and I was just about to say it and um this not a, Top Gun's not a good movie. It but really isn't. But it has isn't. really good elements that you remember, yeah, and that's enough to make you go back for a sequel. Top Gun exists as um, a series, a series of collective memories in people's <laughs> minds, and um, and then like a sort of an indelible pop culture package. But when you actually experience it as a movie for ninety to two, two hours. It's not good. There's very little movie there. It's like it's also really hard to watch it now as a like woman in her thirties. You're like as if that like awesome flight instructor woman would really have given it all up for this annoying young guy in his twenties who does nothing but show off. Kathy. And they have the most iconically. He's a maverick. They have the most iconically. It's a terrible love terrible scene. Terrible love scene. It's really awful. There's a lot like, of tongue. Like we've seen it twice in cinemas, and like both times, the audience has actually shrieked in <laughs> horror because it's like this really prolonged kissing where there's like speck going between their mouths. Silhouette, like, silhouette tongues. tongues everywhere. Too, it's like a puppet show of tongues, <laughs> and it's gross. So that really doesn't hold up. But the over kind of arching story element does. The other thing that doesn't hold up is we found no, very dull. The story element does not hold up. Tell me right now. You tell me I'm, what is the plot of Top Gun? No, I'm not talking about the plot. I'm talking about key bits from the plot, aka Goose. But all your, your oh yeah, th- th- everyone remembers Goose and what happens to Goose. Everyone remembers Goose. Everyone remembers Val Kilmer and his rivalry, and everyone remembers the love story. And you that's all that matters. Anytime. Yeah, but the rest of it is like, what's the plot? Who, who doesn't matter? What is the incident? What is the third act? Of the that third movie? act is terrible planes flying around in a terrible and way. And I gotta say, and I got a lot of respect for Tony Scott, really good action director, and he made. He made a movie that is full vibes. He made that's all this movie Ooh. is. It's just vibes. The vibes but were so what, strong Steve, it was the 80s. that we're still experiencing them today. That's all however, it needed to be. It was however, the 80s. it's like dog shit, like action scenes in that movie. Like on, like it's just stock footage of airplanes cut together to guys with masks on, going, "He's on my bogey, six fingers on your spot," and you cannot follow a, a word of it. Now, but this is the CIA. They rectified yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, onto this movie. movie this have. movie, I am hopeful. Um, Christopher McQuarrie did not direct it, but was heavily involved. <laughs> Why did you just get me excited? <laughs> because that's what makes me excited. I know, uh, but he 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 was heavily involved, um, and I'm confident um, that this could this could be the movie that delivers the Top Gun action experience that I craved and never got. Like we're by friends. I never got the, I never got the speed. I want. I had a need for need, speed, and I, I was it. never given it. For anyone who doesn't know, we're like. Huge Mission Impossible um, fans on this podcast, yeah. and Christopher McQuarrie directed one the last of couple of movies. The best film franchises of all yeah, time, better great. than Bond. I said it here. So basically, yeah, that's why we're so excited, and we're kind of have that vibe. And I just, what I really, for all his flaws and like his weirdness, Tom Cruise, I love that he's just out there banging the drum for the big screen. And I love that he presumably, I'm just guessing, already flew his own planes and jumped out of planes for the movie. <laughs> yeah, surely. And I saw on the press circuit someone said, like, why do you insist on doing all your own stunts? And he said, well, would you ask Gene Kelly not to do his own dance scenes? And, like, the whole place just erupted. Like, everyone was losing for him at Cannes. <laughs> <laughs> like, at this reserved film love festival, it. everyone was literally losing it for Tom Cruise. Okay, here's the director I looked it up. Uh, Joseph Kosinski, and he directed uh, Oblivion, starring Tom Cruise, which was okay. This and is live movie like journalism. Tron Legacy and things like that. Um, Tron Legacy. 
Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Which was, i got to say, pretty good looking movie. And it wasn't the directing that was the fu- at fault there. Okay, anyway, we're um, wrapping on too long. Yes. Let's go. Let's wrap it up. Tom Cruise is amazing. Uh, I don't get that. Like, separate the man from the art. He's a genuine movie star and a big draw. I'm there for it. Um, and I have, I, I was not excited for this movie until all this buzz erupted around it I and bet now you, I'm like euro, oh god it's actually supposed to be brilliant 10 euro and now I think a, it's going to be great there's a photograph of the guy whose name I've just forgotten that we goose? were talking about there's a photograph of Goose somewhere in this movie and a, and a teary look in Tom Cruise's eyes okay you haven't seen the trailer then I take it because no. I have right okay right okay um, but now that the, my other theory is a lot of photographs there's a lot there's a lot of there's a lot my, of photographs of the original cast other theory is that Miles Seller who I love is going to be Goose's son okay um, so I'm glad Miles Seller's in this by the way question well. the first how many times do you think Highway to the Danger Zone will be played in this movie zero I'm saying one possibly two <laughs> hoping for two but at least once and they'll probably put a sort of a modern twist on it will there be a sex scene where Tom Cruise right he presumably drives up in like his motorbike with his leather yeah, jacket and everything non-stop motorbike um, starts having sex and goes wait a minute I can only do it to this one song and he puts on a record player and it's take my breath away here's my second and that's his Viagra my second prediction no sex scenes in this movie zero not, a, not one. Oh, okay yeah yeah Tom Cruise doesn't really do that he anymore he won't do it and, I, and no one else will There'll be no sex in this movie. But do you think he just, could? Do you think Maverick could have sex? sex? Vibes. Could he have sex if Take My Breath Away was not playing on the gramophone? I don't think it's possible for him to, no. All right. right we better go note. to this movie. Okay, bye. Everyone here is the best there is. Who the hell are they going to get to teach us? Captain Pete Maverick Mitchell. Let me be perfectly blunt. You are not my first choice. You are here at the request of Admiral Kazansky, a.k.a. Iceman. He seems to think that you have something left to offer the Navy. What that is, I can't imagine. With all due respect, sir, I'm not a teacher. just want to manage expectations. What the hell? Good morning, aviators. This is your captain speaking. And we're off. Here we go. In three, two, one. Hi, we're back. We've just seen Top Gun Maverick. And if it's your first time at the cinema, we don't do any spoilers until we get to Spoiler Street, which is about Mac 10 away from here. No, wait, that's not, that's not a distance. If we do Mac 10, then we would get there in probably 35 seconds. My God. He's the fastest man on earth. <laughs> <laughs> An actual line of dialogue. That was amazing. So that was amazing. We um, did indeed feel the need for speed. That okay. was a brilliant, brilliant film. I'm like, I, loved I it. think we actually just watched a classic. Yeah. It's a future classic. It's, a, it just, it's, a, it's just, do you know what it felt like? This is how that, <laughs> this is how that movie made me feel. It, it feels like you like go 10 G's. <laughs> you go 90 degree angle and you're scaling a cliff in your fighter jet. Yeah, I was thrilled. I like I was I was nervous. I was invested in all the characters. I was invested in the outcome of the movie. The movie kept, felt like a treat. It felt like it kept spoiling us. 
it was a, there was a bit where I was like, oh, the movie's over and I'm completely satisfied. And then there was more movie and it was even better. <laughs> and you I know was what just it does? Like, it's so different from the first movie in this sense. So first of all, it takes all the iconic boxes of the first movie, right? Before we get into that, what it does so much better, which that's a different league of the first movie, is it? It sets up a genuine mission. Yeah. Yes. It lays there are stakes a mission from the beginning. Yeah. yeah. And the stakes aren't just who's the best pilot in top. Exactly. Still. And then but it, also it really has clearly <laughs> demonstrates because even in a film that's shot as well as this, like it's very difficult to follow what's happening when you're looking at aerial stuff, right? So, but it keeps showing us on a screen and on a map what they need to do. And so, at but, all and, times, I can follow the, what they're and doing. And they explain the mission in like very clear stages and yeah. detail. So, I and and do you know what they also do? They explain the risk and the stakes at every available opportunity yeah like, like they the literally <laughs> this isn't a spoiler but they refer to the the two stages of their mission as the, the miracle the first and miracle the second <laughs> and that little touch of just describing these two things that they're doing as miracles gives you it 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 it, it, it really hammers home how difficult and impossible what they're doing so is. the stakes are so high right and then you've all Maverick's personal stakes on top of them. Yeah. It's so funny because uh, before we came to see this, I was like, do you know what? I'm going to listen to our old review, the one of my sisters, to remind me what we all thought of oh, the yeah. movie. Go on. What did we think? And Because um, it was fair. It was like over four and a half years ago. I couldn't quite remember. We all at separate points were confused by, aside from the Top Gun competition bit, what they had all been flying about at the end of that movie. And we were all like, why were they yeah, flying? I can't, I've seen the movie so many times. <laughs> I still can't tell you. Um, but anyway, this movie so clear from that where we know exactly what we're watching like as soon as the movie started I was like oh my god Jerry Bruckheimer 80s music Highway to the Danger Zone came straight on and I was just like oh I feel like I'm in such a safe pair of hands with this movie yeah it was just like it was just like 80s magic now I'm gonna say the thing where I think the movie there's only one part of the movie where I think they missed a trick big okay. time um, so we've got Miles Teller yeah We've got um, this kind of three kind of key pilots we get to know. So Miles Teller, I can't remember what his actual code name is. Uh, Rooster. Rooster. Then we've got Phoenix. He's yeah. a female pilot, which is a definite improvement on the first movie where I believe, other than the instructor who he shagged, there was none. Yeah. And then there's the the character Hangman, who's like identical. He's, he's, he's the Iceman. He's, but but uh, yeah. that's the thing. This guy's brilliant, right? That actor. He did a brilliant job. Yeah. It all lines really up. Really good. It all lines up with you know if you walk, continually want to compare it to the first movie he's Val Kilmer but they missed a trick I just thought they needed to just do something a bit different like I wasn't interested in seeing a Val Kilmer 2.0 and I think the other characters were evolved and different and that one I was just like you know what I'm not interested in him and like the first movie was like I remember it's another thing we talked about from our old review like this is like an overwhelmingly white movie this movie is more diverse but at the end of the day, they only centered the storylines of the white people. And I it did. just bothered me with that hangman character, as good as the actor was. I just thought, like, it's a future classic, but, like, there's just a bit in there where you're like, lads, you could have just moved along with that casting I, there. I did see, on that note, I saw a great tweet from uh, uh, Dave Chen, uh, the podcaster, who said that... Um, he said two things about Top Gun Maverick. One, it's a brilliant film and it's one of my favourite films of the year. Two, it's very disappointing that there were two Asian characters. They don't speak and they're called Harvard and Yale. Oh my God. <laughs> Which it does well, seem like a bit. And then the black characters don't get much to say either. They no. get slightly more than the Asian characters. So that just annoyed me and I where I can see they have evolved somewhat in the casting from the first movie. Yeah, they're like not where like they a, need to it's be. It's a baby step. So anyway, um, that just that annoyed me. And then, I, and then outside of that, it... 
as an action film is perfection as a character arc like Maverick's exactly where I would have imagined he would be like he's so on point and I think part of that is Maverick's such a classic Tom Cruise character he's some a character like before we watched the last Top Gun I was reminded when I listened back to our review we had just watched A Few Good Men and we were like wow it's the exact same character a guy with daddy issues who refused to play by the rules but he's brilliant at his job like Tom Cruise fits into that <laughs> yeah. role so well like that's like the role he's worn to play he's perfection in it he is the right mix of like he's the best pilot in the world that ever lived and yet for some reason no one wants to give him a chance to fly this mission <laughs> it's because he's, he's, he's unreliable he's a maverick but and here's they have the thing. all that stuff where like Ed, in this instance it's like Ed Harris and John Hamm who were great um, but again not you know particularly inventive casting and um, but they are like, you can't do it. And it's like, by God, but he's Maverick. He can do it. Anyway, I love the whole conceit of it. The, what the do you fil- think? The fil- well, here's, here, it's, it's, it's like you said about like, being slightly disappointed about like having you know um, a, an Iceman analogue and kind of the same sort of setup in a way. And his name was but, even a hangman. Yeah, it's half of man. But, um, <laughs> like, but here, we get it, you're a white thing, man. Here's the right? All of these movies have to... And I mean, like, whatever you call them, legacy sequels or whatever. Uh, what did, what did uh, Scream 5 they call it? They called them legacy sequels. Uh, no, they called it something else, like a requel or something like that. Um, but they they have to tread that line. But that's line. when you're redoing the sequel, but this is the first sequel. Whatever. It's whatever you want to call them. It's a, but it's a legacy sequel because you're... It's yeah, a reboot sequel. sequel. Not a re-sequel. Right, do, I don't want to have this conversation. <laughs> you said I, I'm whatever you want to call them. The line they have to to tread is, you know, um, kind of delivering that experience that made the original so popular, and giving that nostalgia drug that endorphin that we all love to experience while also not feeling completely samey and giving you something new but and it we've has seen- Tom Cruise it has Goose's son and I presume that's in the trailers yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and it has um, it's set in the same flight school and they're in the same bar and Goose's son is playing the same song on the piano like I think nah. they nailed the nostalgia for us they're, but this is the thing right it, it, it is a fine line and I, I would say they're at only barely does it ever tip over it for me and I think like the the recent Ghostbusters movie kind of as an example uh, went way over the line at the, at, uh, in, in <laughs> for the first half and was just like this is a completely different movie and then went swung way back the other side no it's the same movie <laughs> whereas this I think I gotta say it's a really tricky balancing act and I think this movie does it superbly because it feels it's fresh exactly the same as the, like it starts exactly the same it's like literally like here's the same song here's the same title credits here's, here's the same music the still looks it's the like same. but it's a statement like we're not afraid to say that this is just a Top Gun movie and we're going to give you what you want what you like about Top Gun and the movie is smart enough to look at Top Gun and say these are all the bits that were good about it and we're also this is what I like this is the other thing I like about this movie it's unashamedly sincere there's not so an sincere. ounce of, loads of there's not an ounce of cynicism here because a lot of that's the other thing that um, a franchise like Scream or another thing would do um, which a bit more cynical after 40 years you'd probably do a spin on it you'd either make it no, grittier or realistic or make fun of the original but this is the and it doesn't it has reverence long, but it has that's nothing but reverence such a long gap you see I think when movies have to start getting cynical and snarky at themselves is when they're in like multiple sequels later 
and yeah. the first Scream the, so Scream in itself was always kind of taking the piss out of itself even in the first movie because it itself was a pastiche of another genre but 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 now when you're in like the fifth Scream movie they've nothing to do but do that but this is where I think leaving this really solid length of time for your sequel means you can come back with reverence your character we haven't seen him in a long time granted he's still in the same place he always was but we're interested to see Maverick now like we're not tired this, of it this like movie, if they did it again I'd be like no but like this, this movie, is just perfect this movie is so reverential to the original Top Gun that I think about 60% of the movie is the characters just looking at pictures from the original movie yeah I said oh I think there'll be a picture of Goose I had feeling wistful. Yeah, it's like it's like <laughs> most of the scenes are just them looking at pictures of the original Top Gun which are probably on set photos that's not most of the scenes now let's get to spoiler but sorry no but my, but my other thing is it did all that it served up everything that was good about top gun and made it better and then just was just a superior film on on every strike of the record like i was absolutely like it felt like being transported back to the 80s in a good way because it's an unashamedly sincere over kind of over the top and um kind of just like che- almost borderline cliche and cheesy kind of blockbuster but with, with somehow just being like feel good I, I just it made me feel good it made me feel good too right? you know it wouldn't be at the level of it is now though if it wasn't for the Mission Impossible franchise because every Mission Impossible gets better than the last and this movie obviously Christopher McQuarrie and Tom uh, Cruise who are, are, are producers on this as well as on those movies and like it's taken I think a lot of the learnings and borrowings from how to make a really fucking amazing action movie um, and then this so this movie's not just a few leaps ahead of its predecessor it's like yeah, it's a hundred years away from its, its predecessor it's Mac 10 to the original <laughs> Top Gun's Mac 4 I love the way we don't um, know what Mac 10 is and I was like he has to go to Mac 10 I always thought Mac Mac 10 was like a razor brand you know it's like I how, also G- think how Gillette describes their razor anyway um, we have to go to Spoiler Street yes Come on. okay I don't spoiler, want to spoiler so Spoiler Street um, now spoilers now this is Spoiler Street and don't be like spoilers oh it's for Top, Top Gun, Gun. it doesn't matter if it gets oh guys there's me. some surprises yeah, in this for it does sure matter. so go go watch the movie firstly because it's great it's great to see at the cinema it's awesome it feels like you feel the speed I, I was it's really thrilling I really recommend we're it at the on, cinema we're actually so go. on spoiler highway on this one so spo- <laughs> I almost sang it um, firstly just on the Mission Impossible thing so full so spoilers spoiler, now spoiler 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 I think you're I think that's a really good point that you make and it actually like it, it direct you directly see that in what you said originally that mission that they said very early it is a mission it's, it's literally mission a impossible, mission impossible yeah. and it's got it's got that the, it's the like same your mission should you choose to accept it is to go between these two mountains that we're going to demonstrate over and over and over again how you do it yeah it's a set, it's a set piece from any of those movies yeah. where they're like here's the thing we got to crack it it's inside in this impenetrable fortress there's no way in except Tom Cruise has found a way in <laughs> and as I love I love the setup of it that I was very um, for, throughout the whole, you, you you get a sense of the training that they're. It's that's the they're other thing. It's like a sports movie. Us. They're training. They're trying. They're getting a bit better. They, but they keep showing us where they're li- fucking failing on the screen. Yeah, they're like, oh, you failed at that bit because you didn't go low enough at that bit. Like, I could, like, when I say in the last Top Gun movie, there's probably thirty percent of the movie I couldn't watch because it was so boring. Yeah and unwatchable now and it's not just because the 80s special effect it's because they didn't set up anything for us we didn't know what was happening this movie at one point I was literally knuckles 
grift on yeah. the side of the sea like holy shit is Tom Cruise like, gonna die I was like I thought Tom Cruise was gonna die I thought Rooster was gonna die and that's the other I thing I thought Phoenix was gonna die that's the other thing that was really good about this movie as opposed to um, other experiences you get at the cinema particularly the Marvel movies where you're like I felt like any of those people at that end could have died like, and they cleverly they, did it because any you know, they, they did it they did it to Goose in the first movie they could do it to anyone in I this thought, movie I thought they, hey, were... they killed Meg Ryan off off screen I know casual like <laughs> anyone could die oh his mother's dead I was like oh so you just didn't want to bring Meg Ryan I, back I also thought they were going to kill um, the two um, Phoenix and uh, Bob in yeah. this training exercise yeah I thought they were dead but this is the thing the movie didn't kill anybody nobody died except Iceman um, which by the way was a beautiful scene it I really so really nice. loved it and, and I loved it for anyone who doesn't know Val Kilmer actually um, actually did lose his voice in real life after um, getting a, a tracheectomy after throat cancer about six or seven years ago so I thought I it was really lovely to see him back yeah. you know there's a documentary out called Val about his life no but I'd love to watch it at the moment but it made and me loved, want to watch it it was always one of the really like of course you know you can always be my wingman or you can be my wingman any day whatever that line is like him and their, Iceman, like their the hug movie. at the end. Oh. I, felt, I felt like I felt like that was a really touching. And again, it's not. See, that's, it didn't I feel indulgent. Nothing in this movie felt indulgent. No, it because felt it's built on forty on years money. of friendship. Yeah, and it you, felt authentic. You know, you learn throughout you know the course of the movie that like I uh, that like Maverick always pushes it too far, like he always did. But because Iceman's now like the head of Top Gun or whatever, he always had Maverick's back, and like they've had this relationship where they have actually he has been his wingman. So that's really poetic, and that's why I felt like they didn't need to do that again with the Miles Teller and Hangman. Okay, thing. no. It, well, here's the because thing: because it's no, like no. we get it, it's still happening but, in this movie. No, but Kathy, I actually disagree with you. It's not the same. Uh, Rooster and Miles Teller are not the analog for Maverick and Tom Cruise. They have the same sort of archetypal relationship of the nemesis, but it's actually the opposite. If you remember, Iceman um, chastises maverick in the original for being what he is reckless he he's 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 not good as part of a team iceman is the straight and narrow guy they've actually flipped it for this rooster is the opposite of reckless he's actually too thoughtful he's not going fast enough yeah, but it's the same ultimate dynamic two best pilots in the class hangman isn't the good team leader which iceman was yeah but but it's still just the same thing of the best, the two best pilots fighting and not being able to work together, and they're both white it's men. It's totally different. It's the exact same thing. Um, but nobody's but got a Miles mustache. Teller is kind of a blend of Maverick and Goose. Miles Teller was ripped in this movie. Like, I find it, it I, I'm used to him being kind of like, <laughs> like, kind of weedy, kind of like, normal. Yeah. But you know what? I kept. You know when like you wish with Tom Cruise, like all the Scientology stuff's really off-putting. But I've it's been around long enough that I've pushed it out of my brain. And I just think of him as Tom Cruise, the movie star. With Miles Teller, I just read enough weird stuff about him in the pandemic. Oh. He was one of those celebrities that went really weird in the pandemic. That I was like, Caddy, focus. Oh, well, <laughs> I, don't, the I don't know anything about that. But I thought he was great in this. Really, I thought really he was strong. really good. I think he's a great yeah. actor. But I don't know. It's an interesting role for him because he's such a star. So, like... You can never shine brighter than Tom Cruise, and nobody in this movie did. Nobody it holds. Be he holds his own. But so yeah, can we, ta- really can we talk about the two of them in the wilderness together? Because I didn't think that was going to happen. No, but before I, we get to that part of the movie, okay, I well. want to talk about how good I think the opening setup was. Because the whole like 
this is exactly Maverick, right? They're doing this, we don't know, God knows what it is. We don't need to know. It's a plane that they're testing to get to Mach 10. If it doesn't get to Mach 10, Ed Harris is like, yes, I'm getting rid of all human pilots in the future and all the planes <laughs> yeah, will be flying yeah. by robots, right? Which, by the way... That was amazing! I, I agree with him. But also, <laughs> but like, what I loved about it is it became this almost like... No, but what I loved became, about it is a moment later they're like, actually, we have this mission that only humans could do yeah, because know, yeah, GPS anyway, has been blocked. But whatever the Mach 10 <laughs> thing is, which appears to be a plane circling the globe, um, they're like, the argument was they didn't need whatever. What I took all of that to be, and I loved it, was like... A metaphor for out with the old and with the new. Do you know what, lads? We don't need cinema anymore. Everything's straight to streaming, and yeah. we don't need movie stars anymore. And Tom Cruise is like, "Well, not, not today. today, not today, Hollywood." Like, yes, Tom Cruise. <laughs> and then he's like, "Tracks for a billion dollars worldwide." Because I love watching. I love on demand. I love being able to watch things on demand. I love that. Like now, you know, you can catch Disney movies really soon after on Disney Plus with kids. But like, there is no substitute. If we had watched this movie at home tonight. We oh, have been no, thrilling. I was absorbed. I wish we lived near an IMAX because I would have loved to see it in IMAX. But anyway, so straight in, the movie's like making all these points about whatever it is, whether it's you're too old to do this or we don't need humans to do that or whatever. Um, and then, so then Maverick like is like, if I don't fly this plane today, oh, my team are going to lose their jobs. So for Maverick, the reason he goes and breaks the rule off the out of the gates at the first five minutes of the movie is not for selfish purposes it's because he's altruistic and that's why I just love how Tom Cruise is so po-faced about this stuff like he can't let Maverick just <laughs> which be is, a Maverick there has to be like this I'm saving my buddy's job which, which was, is, is actually quite what Tom Cruise was himself was banging on about during the pandemic do you remember? Yeah. would you remember that, that thing that went viral of him giving out um, to somebody because for breaching COVID regulations he was like He's like, I'm keeping people in business. This is our job. Tom Cruise he's, is like, I was put here on planet Earth to save the human race. Like, <laughs> and that comes across in all of his endeavours, well, not in excluding his scientific or fucking Scientology ones. It is this. It is this so perfect. Intense. It's this perfect match of like, um, whatever it, it is. It's this. It's this. It's this sincerity and this belief and it's ego. It's like, it is unbridled oh, ego. Yeah, and I'm talking way, about both Tom Cruise and Maverick. Maverick. By the way, everyone, all the four, the Hangman, Phoenix and uh, Miles Teller and Tom Cruise. And I think all the rest of them, but particularly those four. By the way, they're really flying planes in this movie. <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah. yeah. They, they actually, actually learned, learned how to fly, to fly planes. planes like, as an aside. And there's, the footage is them pl- flying now, planes. I was... I, a part of me is like that's so fucking awesome I love it it's the coolest thing in the world and then another part of me is like oi I flew Ryanair yesterday right because I went away for a night I paid 10 euro to offset my my carbon what right. is this movie doing to planet and for our entertainment and then I just had a bit of a sour feeling and I thought actually Tom Cruise if you're put on the earth to save the earth and you're the fucking messiah that you think you are Maybe consider the planet in your movie productions. Yeah, Kathy, he's already saved the planet in the movie Oblivion <laughs> by the same director. All right, what more did do you want? Carbon? We did it, stayed did till it in the real end. life. All right, we should have stayed till Method the end of the credits. You know the way they normally say like no animals were harmed in the production of this movie. Yeah. I'd like to see all flights were offset in the production of this movie. I mean, they could pay money to do that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, but it doesn't really offset. Though. All planes, all but planes anyway, were flown I all day. I feel less bad for flying. We got to private London. jets to everywhere. I feel less bad for flying to London for a day. Of um, can I say one more thing? Um, which I thought was interesting and it's something I admire about the first Top Gun as well is that I like that this movie deliberately never names uh, the enemy or the country yeah or I like it, that too they, they separate the 
the movie for, and I think it, they separate it from politics it also separates it from a, a time or a geopolitical status and they do the same thing in the first with, movie like, recent um, news events like awful and horrible and tragic news events like uh, between shootings in the states and between the war in Ukraine I, I was watching this movie thinking god they really steered clear it, of like yeah, all exactly. of the controversy it takes that you it, it takes you away from the grim reality of the world. It's well, just like baddies have uranium. But also, it 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 it, it makes it kind of less jingoistic, which was something that the top first Top Gun kind of could have veered into, but kind of stays away from because really they just laser it in on this is a group of individuals who are amazing at what they do. They're pushing the limits, and it's all about teamwork and camaraderie. And that's yeah, what the movie. There's one about. line that um, we forgot to talk about Jennifer Connelly. There's one line where she casually says he was at both of the Iraq wars. I'm like, they could have left that out. But that's yeah. the kind of only reference that, to it. That's really. kind of okay because it's in the past. Like they mentioned the Korean War at some stage as I well. Guess. But what I like about the Jennifer Connelly casting is, um, in fairness to Tom Cruise, like he tends to have age-appropriate co-stars, and obviously in the first movie, actually the, the female co-star was older than him. Like he's not pulling out like a young. Like if they had flipped, he's not doing the, the dynamic, Roger Moore thing. But also if they'd flipped the dynamic of the first movie and like he had hooked up with one of his students, it would have been so icky and gross. Oh yeah, you're so I'm right. glad they like never went there whatsoever. And can in we, fact, they built in a pre-established relationship can we with say, a nice woman. Can we say okay? So. There was, I think we're both right on the sex scene thing because there kind of there was a sex scene, but there also wasn't. <laughs> but right? they showed us them kissing, and then they showed us them fully clothed afterwards. Under which the to me was there was a scene in which sex was implied, but it was nothing like the scene sex scene from the original. Am so, I wrong when I say I think the last sex scene that Tom Cruise was in was Eyes Wide Shut? Probably. I mean, that was so over the top that maybe it put it off, <laughs> put him off it for the rest of his life. Um, the the I other thing, say, I wouldn't be surprised if he's like a born again virgin. The other thing we said... That's just like his vibe, isn't it? <laughs> He's kind of asexual in a way, isn't he? He's a born-again virgin. The, um, the other thing we said at the top was, um, I said that Highway to the Danger Zone would play one, maybe two times. I mean, two seconds in, uh, there was one. Then you spotted it's actually like, it's like was woven, woven into, into the score, the score yeah. orchestrally by the end. It may have been in the first movie, I don't recall, but in this movie it kept creeping in there. I was like, Dang, Which I loved. Yeah, and then I kept. I was but like, no Berlin. When's the Top Gun music coming in? It came in once towards the beginning, and then oh, when it it came in, I think when he when he was on the motorbike, iconically racing the plane as he arrived in the school. That's a great score. And then at the end, but yeah, no Berlin. And I actually think, do you know what? You're giving us a fucking replica of Iceman. Could you not give us a fucking take my breath away when they were having their non? <laughs> Could you not take our breath away for a second, please? <laughs> uh, what I liked though about oh, the sex so scene good. was that it it was more of um a pillow talk scene like it was a bit more mature and they were talking about their feelings and emotions and, and stuff you know which is well, it's quite progressive I mean he's an old man like yeah. how long could he last <laughs> and like it's just mere seconds but I just actually really liked I think it's a good shorthand to be like oh they're actually characters of a long history and then that makes the relationship more meaningful because the implication is they, they're together forever and yeah. it just wouldn't have been believable because they kept saying like he was on base camp for three weeks like it just would have been so like it, it it makes perfect sense that him and the the you know the teacher from the first movie aren't still together he was like a young guy in his 20s like it was there, never gonna last there was a little moment which I really liked which um, really informed um, on his character which was when he drops out of the window and the daughter says to him don't leave her don't, don't hurt her, her again, again. And, and that was like it felt really raw and it really like makes you realise that Maverick's Maverick isn't a great guy like he he's a great fighter yeah. pilot but he's kind of relationships he's got, he's break flawed. up though yeah. and it, no relationships can 
can break up and it doesn't mean that the person who broke up with the other person was a bad guy. Oh, sure. No, I'm not, yeah, it just but means he was in a place where he wasn't able to commit but now that he's basically been benched All right. and there's nothing else like, to do, now he'll stick around. Let's wrap this, let's wrap this up. We don't need it's to go into... It's a trope that like pilots fall for the kind of... For the bartenders? bar lady, isn't it? Because I guess that's like where there were so few women around traditionally unless they were like other men's wives. Are you just thinking of For All Mankind? I'm really thinking yeah. of For All Mankind. Um, yeah. All right, let's uh, wrap this up. Um, let us know if you like this as much as we did. I wish I could I remember can't... all the other things I wanted to talk about. Just like the, uh, the sheer like edge of your seat, like how good the fight scenes were is just th- they were actually the best. But oh no, okay, so sorry. The scene when they're in Val Kilmer's study, which was really beautiful, I was bawling crying. And I said to Dave, I literally turned and said, "Wait, when are they going to do a volleyball scene?" And, and the then and then and then it happened. Scene yeah, well, was a it was hard, football. No, it was a hard cut to a sweaty hand holding a ball on the beach. Yeah. You, you out called it incredibly. I just suddenly, no, but I suddenly remembered, oh my God, they need to do the volleyball scene. And then it was so good. It was so like good. you were editing the movie live. <laughs> but it was so good because, okay, we said the movie needed to do a volleyball, but yeah, they didn't do volleyball. They did American yeah, it's football. totally different. On the beach. Yeah. Tom Cruise is topless, glistening. Offense and defense. Beating, for some reason, all these it's young got, people at football. It's got all these brilliant cliches, but Ham, I love them. Like John Hamm comes out, what's happening here? And I told like, you to train You wanted a team? I give you a team and then they cut to all the men like holding Bob the geek up on their shoulders <laughs> and then the guy who was like um, Tom Cruise's kind of supportive trainer was like you know jumping in the fray and like everyone's smiling and John Hamm like I love that at the most even in this movie okay by the way sorry I know you said we were wrapping up but the bit where basically John Hamm as soon as Val Kilmer dies John Hamm's like you're done you're out of here and the mission which they were supposed to fly in two and a half minutes oh my he God. goes into the class and, and then says, he flies it you're doing it in four and a half minutes and then that was amazing they're all sitting there and then because it turns out that screen we'd been watching the whole time is like a live feed from like their however way they've built constructed this route they're going to do and then Tom Cruise gets in and he goes we set it to 2.15 he does it 15 seconds less and for the whole movie I've been like why isn't Tom Cruise just the leader of this mission and then you made it happen <laughs> <laughs> and then he does it in 2.15 that was the scene where I was actually on the edge of my seat like, I, was, I knew you'd do it, it but brilliant. like they make like and I think I truly think I know Tom Cruise flies for a lot of this movie but apparently in the training he actually blew he up doing, uranium in <laughs> no, real life do you know that he was doing that like G training where it like makes you feel really heavy and sluggish and like that thing where they were like you have to get to 10 G because you're going like vertically yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure Tom Cruise was doing that yeah. shit. Oh yeah, you can't. You can't act that. That's where you feel like you can't act like feeling really sluggish. <laughs> except I feel like that after a pizza. But like the the <laughs> feeling of him doing that just and I guess that's where it comes in where they're really doing this stuff. It felt so tangible. Like and watching them all watch him on the screen in the room. Okay. And I love all the Miles Teller so far. It's like he stopped him going to university or whatever flight university and then he set his career back I, I wasn't expecting that at the start I actually thought he was a, I thought he was already a, would have been a fatherly figure to him which I guess he had been up until that point in their relationship so I love that they had tension that they had to come over I thought so I thought their whole dynamic was brilliant and I loved and I really wasn't expecting I thought right Maverick's done he sacrificed himself that's beautiful great end to the movie uh, no but that, and, no way but actually Maverick's it's about die. roosters um, it's about roosters arc is actually 
ignoring orders and not thinking and I love yeah. that moment where they're they're down together and he says what are you doing here and he's like <laughs> he's like what were you thinking you told me not to think so and that's good. the completion of his arc and, and then I love they that. get in and they fly and just a broken felt, old plane off a broken runway that's where it felt very Mission Impossible as yeah. well we're going to steal this plane from that thing and fly it over the thing and then Hangman comes in to rescue them and it annoyed me I was like let Phoenix come in and rescue them yeah, but it was kind of hang. It, you, no, but you've got to resolve the hangman. Um, no, he wasn't hangman. Rooster was a tension, Kathy. He didn't though. Hangman is a peripheral character. Like I didn't need for him to have character. But they didn't set up anything with him and Phoenix because she was his friend already. Like yeah, but what? That would have you... been nice. Why couldn't she have just? Come no, in and because they him? have to have the handshake at the end. <laughs> you have to have the firm handshake. That's photographed and then framed immediately in Tom Cruise's office. All Tom Cruise's <laughs> office is just <laughs> photographs of him and various sweaty <laughs> I... men shaking hands with each when other. When they hugged at the end and he said thank you for saving my life I, and he said my dad would have done the same that's when I cried oh god yeah. yeah no but I thought Tom Cruise then should have said your old man would have been so proud of you and I, mean, I feel like come on how much ham do you want served <laughs> there's already John Ham in this movie you want fucking egg and chips as well I love how well. macho John Ham's character is where like by the way like John Ham was like totally fine I just didn't think he was very interesting casting for it but um, I love at the very end even when they complete the mission he still doesn't smile he just nods his head he's <laughs> yeah. like that's all I'll that's give that's the cool thing to do I think no, Ed but the Harris guy, the guy next in. to him was going like yeah I love hello. the guy next to him but I think then Ed Harris should have come back in and been like you're all fired no, and Ed that ha- should have been Ed the end ha- of the Ed movie Ed Harris comes in and says Mike, I've ended the drone program. The US military will now only fly planes with humans. And in. only Maverick will fly all planes at all time. But I think like the whole point of this movie is like if he's the best pilot in forty years outside of Al Kilmer, you really yeah, do need, you need drones. You need drones, you guys. <laughs> also, you know, maybe or maybe just don't have, you know, um foreign intervention by the US military. Or maybe um, just anyway. don't have a school called Top Gun. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's a sequel pitch for you. Top drone, okay? And we have the best goddamn drones competing against Dave, each other. I'd watch that. Play with it's sweaty like, balls on it's a beach. like Robot Wars, and then you get your man from um, uh, <laughs> the fucking. Uh, You've ruined the review, I've, Dave. I've now You've okay. ruined the right. review. Okay, bye. bye <laughs> um, follow us at uh, the Cinemile and. Uh, Email us thecinemile at gmail.com. We love an old email. And head over to um, wherever you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, wherever it is, and like follow us because I think the algorithm's gone all funny because we didn't release a lot of episodes last year and a lot of people are saying our episodes aren't following and coming into their feeds so go in and follow us and leave us a review you haven't already please we'd really appreciate it because of that darn old algorithm yeah gosh that gosh darn <laughs> algorithm alright thanks for, thanks for listening Bye. everyone bye having any fun yet? ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. What do you do when no one else is watching? What do you do that makes you happy for no reason at all? What are you obsessed with? I'm Leslie Arfin, and I'm a writer, but I'm also a dancer, a painter, a vapor, a dollhouse enthusiast, and basically just an overall hobbyist. My podcast, Filling the Void, is all about what other people are fanatically into. We talk about hobbies, even if you don't have one. Listen to Filling the Void on Tuesdays on the Erios Network. And subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com 
Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the aging process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip <laughs> off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford, and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.